0: inspired by hip-hop and the faith culture the sanctuary in my solitude the thoughts feelings and life lessons of an imperfect christian by anthony kisik is beautifulfeetentertainment.com's work in print it is a book of poetry and it's available through iuniverse.com amazon.com beautifulfeetentertainment.com and the links are also available in our social media and podcast so please consider The Sanctuary of My Solitude if you're looking for a next great read. Thank you so much.
1: This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name's Anthony.
0: And I'm Jessica.
1: And this week, um, we're kind of rounding off our celebration of
0: Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month.
1: I always have Jose say it because I tongue twist it every single time. I mean, no disrespect, I just can't speak. So, um we kinda had to <laughs> we kinda had to wrestle with this one. Because initially we were going to have interviews and stuff this week, but I dropped the ball. Couldn't, didn't get the interviews in time just because scheduling and whatnot. Um, so how are we going to cap off this month?
0: Well, Anthony and I were talking about it and because he is going to be having a new podcast coming soon.
1: Wrestling with Faith.
0: We figured this would be a good opportunity to maybe flex that muscle a little bit. Yeah. And in keeping with the theme of the month, the family that we are going to focus on comes to us from Samoa.
1: Well, okay. So the thing isn't necessarily that they come from Samoa. Uh, They come from a Samoan heritage. Um, Some of them were like from uh, Hawaii and different islands most of them actually come from Florida now um,
0: so do you want to start um, like chronologically in 1937
1: <laughs> so here's how we're gonna do this let me go ahead and grab my stuff um, so we're gonna be talking about a lot of the different um, wrestlers that would fit this mold in the WWE or WWF Right, so we're going, we're going to start going all the way back um, with the High Chief Peter Maivia. Many of you know him from um, being, you know, obviously being the Rock's grandfather, um, but he was actually like his own, uh, you know, his own wrestler, and his wife was actually a promoter in Hawaii. So, um, yeah, there's there was a big, um, there was a big thing there. So we're gonna kind of talk about some of the different people um, who've worked in the WWE, um, a little bit about who they are, and we're just gonna kind of really just celebrate who they are.
0: Do we want to maybe give like an honorable mention to Bruce Lee before we started? I mean, that?
1: that's a totally different subject, but sure, you can go ahead and.
0: Because when we were thinking about what we wanted to do for this episode, again, to highlight Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, Bruce Lee was one of the figures that came up for us because we both enjoyed the uh, Birth of the Dragon movie.
1: Yes. Well, I enjoy a lot of Bruce Lee movies, uh, from Enter the Dragon, Birth of the Dragon. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of other movies that I just can't think off the top of my head. And the fact that Bruce Lee was able to, like, create his own uh, martial arts and really transform that into uh, not only movies, but a whole lot of different things, like, phenomenal. So, yes.
0: So, where are we going to today? Are we going to Hawaii? Is that where we're going to
1: start? Well, okay. So, like I said, we're going to go through a few of the different professional wrestlers um, and what they've what they've done and this is just an overview this is not a full biography um it's not even a full family like lineage it's just a you know some of the wrestlers so we start with high chief peter Maivia. um he was alive from 1937 to 1982 um in 2016 he was inducted into the uh, wwe hall of fame he also worked in the nwa which is another uh another promotion um in nwa he actually has won multiple t- uh, titles including tag team titles and the heavyweight championships um so and like like i said he didn't do a whole lot of work in wwe um i think he did some but nothing of like championship status that i know of that i was able to see uh we're also going to talk about the wild Samoans, alpha and sika I know you're looking at the names going, I don't know who these people are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, this is definitely going to be an Anthony-heavy podcast because this information is not in my wheelhouse.
1: So, um, as you can see, like, okay, so the Wild Samoans, that's a tag team name. Now, these two men, not only does Sika actually is the father of Roman Reigns, so there you go, um... Uh, I believe they are brothers. In when a,
0: you said that, my brain totally went to like the circle of life. Oh, we're Lion gonna get King. into a lot of circles
1: here. <laughs> a lot of these people are like cousins or brother and sister or you know, father so and son. So, when you say
0: it is a wrestling family, like it's, it's a truly, legitimately, actually, like
1: did I show you the family tree?
0: I think you did, yes.
1: Like, let me let me pull up the family tree real quick. That's not the family tree, so um. But yeah, so oh yeah, it passed it. So yeah, hang on one second.
0: It's okay. I don't wanna throw off your groove.
1: But yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, as I was saying, we have like we, we do. We have this pretty good sized family. They've been in wrestling for a long time. The wild Samoans actually trained a lot of the wrestlers you're gonna hear about coming up. Ooh. Right? So not only did they like, you know, work in the industry and they were multiple tag team champions. Also, both Afa and Sika won heavyweight championships in the WWE. And in 2006, they were both inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, But yeah, so very interesting. So along with the Wild Samoans... um, we're going to talk about Yokozuno. Now, when you hear the name Yokozuno, what do you think of?
0: The first thing that comes to my mind is Yoko Ono, that gal associated with the Beatles.
1: Okay. Not the same thing. The word yok- Yokozuna... You just asked
0: me what came to my mind. And- I know.
1: I know. The word Yokozuna um, is actually a term used in sumo wrestling. Okay. And he was billed as a sumo wrestler from Japan. He wasn't from Japan. He was from Hawaii. But not the same thing. Um,
0: so that's like a misrepresentation of his identity.
1: Yes. Um, he was... Yeah. So Yoko, um, which is what everyone seemed to call him, which is Yoko. He lived from 1966 to the year 2000, not the year 200. <laughs> My bad, that's a typo on my behalf,
0: Definitely a typo, unless he's a time traveler.
1: Yeah, right? Um, He, um, again, built from Japan, but he was actually from Hawaii. Um, He went into the Hall of Fame in 2012. He was a two-time WWF champ, as well as a two-time tag team champion.
0: Now, the WWF predates the WWE, am I correct?
1: Yeah, so what happened was... Let's do a a quick history of this. Like, originally, it was WWWF. And Vince McMahon's father, Vince McMahon Sr., owned the company. When Vince McMahon got it, I think he was the one who shortened it to WWF. um, Because it used to be Worldwide Wrestling Federation, and he just was like, World Wrestling Federation. And then... Uh, when it you know when it got such big notoriety and really became a global company, they changed it to WWE because um, of the World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> they already owned the WWF.
0: Well, because that's what I think of when you say WWF is World Wildlife Foundation. See, so. I didn't
1: even know that existed. I knew WWF, the Wrestling Federation. So. Um yeah, so that's another quick history of that. But Yokozuna, um, he was billed, meaning like to be five hundred pounds.
0: Oh my word. Now
1: early in his career, uh I don't think he was five hundred pounds. He was probably close. Over time his weight got such a problem, he became immobile. Aww. Um, not immobile permanently, but like his wrestling really took a dive. Um so WWE was like, Hey, we're gonna put you on leave for a while.
0: Is it still recording? I yes, don't see it, is. it moving. It's
1: because it's... Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. they went ahead and they put him on leave for a little bit. And they um, they went ahead and like were like, we, we're going to put you in a program so you can lose weight.
0: As I'm sitting here eating candy. Yes.
1: Uh, but he was like, you know, he was a big dude. The problem was he didn't want to lose weight. He actually gained weight. So he continued to gain weight. Unfortunately, they did have to fire him because of it. Um, because I think they revote his contract to be like, we want you to be big, but not that big anyway. Um, so, and unfortunately, a lot of these people, they are going to be, they are, a lot of them have passed away. So we'll do a big, you know, RIP later. Um, now we're going to talk about Rosie. And again, these are wrestling names. These are not their real names. Like I didn't want to write their real names. One, cause I don't know how to pronounce a lot. Because like even like Roman Reigns name, his last name is something I don't really know how to pronounce, so yeah. Um, so we have Rosie and Umaga. Um both, they actually they actually worked in a tag team um called Three Minute Warning. They were like these thugs who basically were like, Hey, I you know, one character would have a beef with another character. They were sent in as like the heavy mm-hmm. to kinda, you know, ruffle the feathers and whatnot. Um
0: little bit of a Rocky connection there?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Not Rocky my dear. We're not talking about that rock, but uh, <laughs> Rocky Balboa. Um so they you know, actually
0: I'm just proud of myself that I made that connection. I, so there.
1: right. Um three minute warning did they were the have
0: muscle men.
1: Muscle men, exactly. They did have um Tag Team Championships under their belt. I believe they won multiple of them. So that was really... That's really awesome to see. Now, let's go and Like... Okay, before we go to Umaga. Let's continue to talk about Rosie. Lived from 1970 to 2017. Um, I don't know that either Rosie or Umaga uh, went into the Hall of Fame. I didn't see any notes on that. So... You know, we'll see umaga lived from 73 to 2009 again won uh, multiple tag team champions with uh, rosie in multiple variety of promotions he also won the um, intercontinental championship as well
0: now when they wrestled together as a tag team was that their idea or was that hey like the franchise wants you to be together
1: Uh, in this time, most of the time, because, so what would happen is, like, they would be hired together as a tag team, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, wrestling has a history of, like, oh, we have two people of of the same ethnic background, they're gonna be a tag team, right? Okay. That's why you're gonna have people like the Wild Samoans, and the Head Shrinkers, and, again, these names are also not culturally appropriate. Um, because they and they always, especially in the early days of, of you know, the wild Samoans and, and these type of wrestlers, they really played up the fact of like being the wild Samoan from a foreign land who's usually evil or so it was very racially insensitive, in but that's how wrestling was at the time. Uh, and in some cases, it still is, unfortunately. Um, so Umaga the cool thing about him is he actually I want to say was the uncle or maybe the cousin I could be wrong but of the Usos. Okay and you know the Usos.
0: Yes I do. So
1: and he was the one so the story goes Well you
0: have it down here it says children of Rakishi. Rakishi.
1: We'll get Rikishi. to Rakishi in a minute. So um, the Usos they were they were they were working different jobs. And they weren't doing very well, like they were not really providing for their families or whatever. The story goes that Umaga kind of woke them up late at night and goes, you're coming with me. And he drove them to wrestling tryouts and he trained them like he got them. He started them getting trained and he goes, if you really want to do this, you got to do it all the way. So because they were kind of starting to wrestle, but they Mm -hmm. weren't taking it seriously. Um, so, So, you know, Umaga was the one who actually got them into the business and we'll actually, we'll go to Vikishi next, even though he's not next on my list. So Vakishi, um he worked, he had two different names. He had Fatu, which is his actual last name. He used to wrestle under that name with um, another wrestler named Samu. And they wrestled as the Head Shrinkers. They won multiple tag team championships. And then he came back later as Vikishi. Um and in that time, he also won tag team championships, intercontinental championships, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame by his children, the Usos.
0: Oh, that's so, so that's touching. Cool. Oh, my um, goodness.
1: And. Heart. Yeah, so and happy. it was cool because they actually did a whole dance routine on the stage. I, I could actually show you that later because uh, Rikishi was known like for his dancing. So.
0: Um... I'm assuming outside of the
1: ring? No, he would dance in the ring. Oh, Like, that okay. was part of his character, was to be a dancer. Um... Uh, so, then you have Rikishi, um... Who is the father of the Usos. The Usos, um... Are Jimmy and Jay, whose real name name's Jonathan and Joshua. Or, as Rikishi calls them in multiple interviews, the twins. He just calls them the twins. He doesn't even use their real names.
0: Now, are they actually Twins?
1: Yes. They are almost identical twins, I think. Um
0: Most of the time when he's watching wrestling, I'm already asleep. Yeah, she's
1: like, I don't want to deal with this. Um so I'm making her sit through this part. (laughs) Um but yeah, so they are twins. They are, you know, blood related. They are I mean if you if you look at them like they they're really I would say they're identical twins, but I, I don't know you know, I don't I don't know that for certain. The name Uso, um, that's not their real last name. It just it's a it's a word that means brother. Mm-hmm. So they're the brothers. Um, um they've won multiple tag team champions championships. I don't know if they've had any championships independently. Um they're actually one of my favorite tag teams right now. But right now they're not a tag team. But we'll get into that. Uh,
0: I think we saw them in that match where they had the cage around everything.
1: Yeah. They've they've been they were just recently in a (laughs) cage match.
0: Somehow, blearily in my sleepy memory, I seem to recall
1: that. Yes. (laughs) So then we're gonna go to their cousin Roman Reigns, and yes, this is legitimate cousin Roman Reigns.
0: Now I feel like my dad really likes Roman Reigns. Your
1: dad is a huge fan of Roman Reigns.
0: Like oh so much.
1: Roman Reigns is the son of Sika, and. Now that Roman Reigns is a, a heel, which I'm so happy about because he should have been heel a long time ago, um, he, he's using the moniker head of the table, right? Mm-hmm. And your dad says this all the time. Um, actually, when he won, what was it? I want to say he won Hell in the Cell against Jey Uso. He beat Jey Uso. Um, and he walks up the ramp and he sees Alpha and Sika there to greet him as the head of the table so it was a real family moment there because that Mm -hmm. was his dad uh that was really cool roman reigns is the current universal champion um he's also what they call grand slam champion in wwe which means he's won the tag team champions he's won every championship they have at least once so he's considered a grand slam champion Mm -hmm. other people are like bailey is one of them i think sasha banks is almost there Um, But we're not talking about them. Unfortunately, right now we will, though. Um, So
0: he has earned his spot as... Oh, yeah. I'm the top dog.
1: He's Yeah. And that's actually what they used to call him, was the top dog. So congrats. Another wrestling reference under (laughs) your belt. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So next we're going to talk about... Well, the only... Actually, I'm not going to say the only female on this list, but Nia Jax. Yeah. She's related to the family. I don't remember exactly who she's exactly related to. She's like the second cousin of the VAR, I think, or something. Um, Again, it's a big family. It's Mm -hmm. a big family tree. She's won the VAR Women's Championship. She's won multiple tag team championships. Um, She's actually... um, I kind of like the story that they're doing with her right now. So it's really a lot of fun to see that. And then... The other person who I put on this list, that it's not actually on the list, but Tamina Snooker. She's also um, of Samoan descent. She's the daughter of um, Jimmy Snooker, who's a legendary wrestler from the 80s. Um, I believe he's passed away since then. So he should be on this list too, but I did not put him on the list, so he's on the list. Um, I'm trying to... She just recently won the uh tamina just recently won the smackdown women's championship i don't know if she has any other championships under her belt though even though she's been with the company like 10 plus years so um now we're gonna end this like this list with the most famous one of all you know who it is.
0: So when you said the most famous one, of yes, all, I know, I, went I know, to the I, know song I know, I know where to your Santa head went. Claus.
1: I, I know where your head went. Your head went to, to Rudolph, yeah, but it's I not went Rudolph. To Christmas time. It's
0: we could be rocking around the Christmas tree though with
1: the Vok. Um, his father is African American descent, but you know his father is Rocky Johnson. Uh, His grandfather is the High Chief Peter Maivia and when The Rock debuted, he took both names, his dad's name, his grandfather's name, and became Rocky Maivia. But he was like the ultimate, ultimate babyface and nobody liked him. So he eventually turned heel, became The Rock, and the rest is history. He is a multiple tag team champion, intercontinental champion, uh, d- multiple WWE champion. I would say he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, but he hasn't yet, so I can't, you know. He also has a daughter who's training to be a wrestler, her name's Simone. Um, the reason that she's not on the list is because she's still training. Like, she's not actually wrestling yet. So, um, But I'm excited to see what she's she does or, you know, how far she gets in the company. Um,
0: and we recently enjoyed watching The Rock in the Jumanji reboots. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, he's been in the Jumanji reboots. Uh he's in uh what's that movie? Central Intelligence with, with Kevin. Oh Hart. yes,
0: we love that and movie. And that movie too. was
1: phenomenal. I laughed hysterically at that movie.
0: We own that on D V D.
1: Yeah. Um he's like one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood right now. He's like making mad money. Dude who started with seven dollars in his pocket now has significantly more money in his pocket um so yeah um yeah so i just kind of wanted to really put together a list of like some some of the most notable um you know pacific islanders and a lot of them are are are, when they're built in wrestling their build is like from the pacific islands a lot of them are actually from like i said florida like the usos are from pensacola Roman Reigns is from Pensacola. The Rock is from Miami. Um, most of them are from the Florida area, but they're billed as being from, like, they're literally just the Pacific Islands. Like, they don't even give it a, a name. Um, so, yeah, it just, I just... We wanted to kind of put this list together, just have a fun little conversation. Um, <laughs> Jessica kind of chimed in, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, like... And unfortunately, like you know, although they've been a staple in wrestling for so long, like like you've noticed, not all of them were treated very fairly. Mm-hmm. Like Yokozuna, um, when he became when he became um, WWE Championship, or WWE Champion, he literally lost it that night. He won it at, at, at WrestleMania. He challenged Hulk Hogan for it that night, and Hulk Hogan won. And the only reason the company does that is because Vince McMahon really likes Hulk Hogan. He'll give him the title every single time. So it's really just like... So he, there's
0: preferential treatment.
1: The, wrestling is full of preferential treatment, unfortunately. And, and I hope we start to see a change in that. But, yeah. Um, and that's why, again, you hear a lot of stories of... You know, their, their characters being savages or um, being wild and untamable and because they're playing off of, well, he's from a foreign island, like he must be a savage, you know what I mean? So they're playing off of these not very well planned out like stereotypes, but they end up being great wrestlers. So I did want to just put some, put some respect on those names and, you know just yeah give respect what respect is due you know
0: well thank you so much for joining us for this Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month yes I still have to look and see what we're going to highlight for next month uh
1: yeah let's go ahead um I think cause next month we were doing movies and stuff right? yes so
0: guess... next month let me see here we are going to be covering The Mighty Ducks
1: yes so we're jumping into The Mighty Ducks next couple weeks. Um, we might even talk about the show. I would uh, imagine. Yeah. Um, maybe not its own episode. I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I don't have... Um,
1: the show on there, I know.
0: The show on there. Or, I don't have themes for now, June, th- July, or August.
1: Now, let's keep in mind, we also um, made this list before the show premiered. Like, we knew the show was coming, yeah, but it hadn't started yet. So, that's probably why it's not on the list. So, we'll, we'll sprinkle it in, but... We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with John 21. So hang tight. We'll be right back with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This episode of the Beautiful Feet Podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary of My Solitude, a published book of poetry by me, Anthony Giesick. You can pick up your copy at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com, at iUniverse.com, and Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the part of the podcast where we do jump into the Bible, we get into the scriptures. Um, We've been going over the book of John. We're getting ready to complete the book of John with John chapter 21. Before we do, would you mind giving us a, a recap of John 20?
0: So as Anthony and I were preparing for this podcast and reading John chapter 21, I came up with a conclusion that, like, John chapter 21 was not the Hollywood ending that I would have given if this were a movie. I feel like John chapter 20 would have been, um, would have been the more cinematic ending to go with. Mm-hmm. So, um, in John chapter 20, we see that the women go early to the tomb where Jesus is supposed to be buried, and the tomb is empty. The stone is rolled away. Jesus is nowhere to be found. And so Mary goes and she runs and she tells uh, Peter. And he looks and he sees that it's empty. And Mary stays at the tomb. And she is deep in her grief over Jesus. So much so that she does not recognize him when he is there with her. She thinks that he's a gardener, and so she asks him, like, where have you taken his body? Let me know so I can go there. But then he says her name, and Mary has this recognition. And Jesus Jesus is like, hey, this is the thing that I need you to do for me. I need you, he says in verse 17. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And so she goes to the disciples, and her news is, I have seen the Lord. So then we see that Jesus goes and he appears to the disciples. And the disciples, at this point, they are scared. They are locked together in a room because. Jesus has just been put to death by the religious leaders. And as followers of Jesus, I feel like they were concerned that that was going to be their fate.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, Thomas was not with the disciples when Jesus appeared to them. So that is how he earned the moniker of doubting Thomas. And we see that Jesus reappears to Thomas and John spends the end of the chapter highlighting the purpose of his gospel. He says Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. So that's the end of John chapter twenty. We see that we've gone through Jesus's death, his burial, and his resurrection.
1: So what we're gonna see in John twenty-one is really gonna see him um, showing himself to his disciples, right? And and really a kind of uh, a last, t- the last time he's gonna spend time with them before that, before he leaves earth, right? So. Let's kind of talk about twenty one and um, how does he how does he reveal himself to the disciples?
0: Well, in this context, I think it's important to note that many of Jesus's followers, before they had made that choice to give up their vocations or careers and follow him, were fishermen. Yeah. So Simon Peter, they're at the Sea of Galilee, and he's like. Hey, I'm gonna go catch some fish Like Simon Peter is returning to the thing that was familiar and comfortable to him before Jesus came into his it, life.
1: That's that's what I was gonna say. He's definitely going back to his way of making a living. He's going back to what's comfortable um, and I feel like we see that it, you know in different stages of our lives right where we're not seeing God working. We start to go back to what's comfortable. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, so in a uh, metaphor type of sense, uh, that's what's happening. Now, it could be he's just trying to, you know, put together some money for the for the for the disciples, um, or maybe he was like, okay, it's time to get life back to where it was. Um, but they're on the boat, right? And the they've been fishing. It sounds like they've been fish, fishing for. Um, a long duration of time. I think it was like all night or all day, something to that effect. Um, and then they see a man off in the distance and the man's like, hey, have you caught anything? And they're like, well, no, we haven't. And this man basically says, you know what, if you throw your net to the right side, you'll catch fish. And they try it, which I, honestly, like, I would imagine that would be an insult, right? Like someone else telling a fisherman, <laughs> Here's
0: how you fish. Well, and again, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we've talked about Jesus having, like, these sassy pants moments, and I feel like maybe this is one of them, you know. Oh,
1: okay, I could definitely see that.
0: Like, because clearly, he knows they haven't caught anything. Yeah. And he also knows, hey, like, I'm going to make this miracle happen. He could have just allowed them to catch fish throughout the night,
1: Mm -hmm. or
0: like, a wide variety of different scenarios could have presented themselves.
1: So yeah, he goes ahead and he's like, Alright, like, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna toss your boat your your boat. You're gonna toss your net to this side of the boat. And they do, and they pull up a boatload, literally a boatload of fish.
0: I think it's a hundred and fifty-three is the estimation that we're given.
1: Yeah. And they, they really, they, they actually start to notice at that point that the man that they're speaking with is Jesus, right? And they start praising and they start showing appreciation. Um, not only because they were fit, you know, because they caught a bunch of fish, but there's, their, their, their Messiah is back, right? Um, so, what, what do we see happen next?
0: Well, and you and I talked about the fact that I think this is also the incident where Peter walks on water because one of the disciples says, it is the Lord. And, like, he literally gets out of the boat. But we don't see, or, like, we're not told in this account, hey, Jesus is coming to meet him on the water. This just makes it look like Jesus stays on the beach.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And and I, and... It may be two different accounts, right? It may be two different moments in, in ministry. It might be the same moment. I'd have to. i have to double check.
0: Well, and here's the thing that got me, too, like, when we were reading. The text says that, like, Jesus had a coal fire going. He had some bread there. Sounds like he already had some fish, like, ready and available.
1: Yeah. May, well, maybe. And let Unless he had everything ready, they caught the fish and used a few of those fish for breakfast. But that's kind of what they do next, right? They actually sit down and have a breakfast with Jesus. Um, and again, this kind of... This is always shown as evidence as to why Jesus was... Well, they weren't seeing a ghost because they saw Jesus eat fish. Um, and typically, well, and Jesus
0: does say... To them bring some of the fish you have just caught so there's that clarification
1: yeah but yeah so this is kind of clears up like they weren't seeing a ghost they weren't imagining anything they saw the man eat fish like he was preparing breakfast and I and I have to believe the reason why they play it out this way is because this way it already um, defeats that argument of oh well they were imagining it or it was a ghost Or there was something other some other type of supernatural thing happening. Truth be told, he was alive. He was eating breakfast. Like that that's the perfect alibi to be like, well, how do you know it was really him? Well, he he ate food. Like what ghost eats food?
0: Well, and you and I again, like, we're just looking over Jesus' life as it's recorded in the book of John. Like we see so many times where like Jesus is publicly on trial where he's arrested, where the religious leaders want to kill him, and then they succeed in doing that. Like, this has been a courtroom drama, action-packed book. And then the ending is, he went to the beach and had breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I don't know if this is the, the ending that I would have written.
1: No. But, and and I love the fact that you, you I think you had just mentioned it, where it's like, they're having breakfast they're eating fish they're having a meal together and like there's there's no leaders there's no religious leaders there's no one trying to figure out what's going on with jesus because they are still under the understanding that he's dead like the news hasn't broken to everybody um that jesus rose from the dead so this is that perfect moment of like yeah that they're not here The religious leaders are not bothering us because we have a secret that they don't know about.
0: Well, and this is kind of the perfect moment for them because you see that they are able to have this intimate conversation between Jesus and Peter where, remember previously, Peter had denied his involvement with Jesus during the time prior to the crucifixion. So now... Jesus gives Peter a chance to redeem himself by asking him, Do you love me?
1: Yeah. So what he does, he asks Peter, you know, do you love me? And Peter basically says, yes, you know that I do. And he says, okay, so feed my lambs. Um, and then he asks him again, do you love me? Yes, so feed my, my sheep. And then he asks him a third time, and by this time I can imagine... Peter just irritated. Because um, I assume the way it's written, he's asking him one after the other. This isn't, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes later. It's literally one after the other. And so he reminds him again, you know, feed my sheep. So I uh, what what Jesus seems to be saying here is, you know, he's acknowledging the, the mistake that Peter made. And... He's also saying, look, if you love me the way you claimed you did, like all the times before where you said you would fight for, you know, for, for the relationship and, and, and work, you know, work through all these different things and, and stand up for Jesus, uh, he's saying, if you're going to do that, I'm also asking you to c- take care of the people that I leave behind, right? his sheep, the people who were following him. Because Jesus is not going to be on earth after this.
0: Well, and at this time, too, the, in, during the times of the early church, they were persecuted by the Romans. So they um, they had to look out for one another. Yeah. But we see Jesus also, too, like, for the Catholic tradition, Peter is the first pope. So Peter is the first representative of the church on earth.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and um, yeah, so like, I like what he's what he's speaking to Peter because it's a like you said, it's allowing Peter that second chance to go. Look, you made your mistake. We're moving on from it. We're gonna continue in, in, with the mission that we had, which is taking care of. Jesus' people.
0: Well, and this symbol of the fish became a symbol of the early church. I have a note here in my Bible. Um, It says that very early, the fish became a symbol of Christianity. During persecution by the Romans, Christians used this symbol as a secret code to discover whether or not another person was a Christian. The letters of the Greek word for fish, or ichthus, are the same as the first Letters in Greek of the words Jesus Christ, God's Son, and Savior. Now, I've heard that, like, someone would draw the first half of a fish, and if the other person would complete the drawing, that was how you know two mm-hmm. Christians were together, but I have not had that verified.
1: Yeah, I've heard that too from a few different sources, so I guess we could say that there's some validity to it. We'd have to do further research to, like, get the stamp of approval. But yes, I've heard that from a few different sources as well.
0: So I did like this chapter because we've seen through Jesus' life and ministry that he, ra- he really values his time away from the crowds. Like after he's been preaching to thousands of people, he does kind of want to get into a boat, go across the shore, and be by himself. So this is his moment where he is literally on the shore with the people that he loves and holds the most dear. Well
1: oh, and I like it because again, for, for 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 me personally, it's 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 definitely that reminder of like, look, you've messed up or you've messed up in ministry. Jesus is giving us the opportunity to move forward and continue working, um, out the mission that he's given us, right? With with Peter and Get, just reminding him, look, if you love me, I ask you to take care of my people. I ask you to be the 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 leader, the guide, um, and I'm asking you to continue that job. So for for me, you know that that's how I feel of like, hey, you messed up. Keep moving forward, and you know allow healing to happen in your life. Um, yeah.
0: Well, and too, I think this is also a reminder to us Christians in the modern day world to take some time away from our devices to Mm -hmm. just unplug to have a nice meal and spend time in the word like having that quote unquote time with Jesus
1: yeah well and that's why I always we always make a point to say look Mm -hmm. do not just get your scripture from us like sit down read the bible for yourself take notes write down questions so that you're thinking through it critically you're thinking through it and learning from it I, I've many times seen people and I've been one of those people where I just glance at the Bible kind of read a few like skim over it and then all of a sudden I'm like okay I read my Bible that's not what that means you know to read your Bible is actually like you're sitting down you're thinking through what's being said how it applied to the time, and also how it applies to us. Um, that's 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 the essence of you know reading your Bible.
0: So now that we have covered the book of John, in mm-hmm. listening to what our readers are like. Hey, this is we are our readers, our listeners. <laughs>
1: Reading we, through what our listeners reading
0: through what our listeners would like to hear next. It is an early morning recording. <laughs>
1: yes, it
0: is. <laughs> we are going to be we're going to be in the book of Revelation, and like I I have never really enjoyed that book. It's always been kind of scary to me because of the post apocalyptic literature and the imagery. But this is kind of a good way to, to have these bookends because we have the book of John. And then now the book of Revelation, also written by the same John. Yeah. So we'll still have this similar author. Yeah. But I think the writing style is going to be very different.
1: Oh, it's going to be a lot different. Um, so I've actually read through the entire Bible a couple times. And anytime I get to um, like Revelation, it takes it takes a long time to read because of, you know how heavy it is to read. But um, I've always pulled different things out of it. I've always learned a lot of different things. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um,
0: well, and to um to sort of balance out the heaviness of the Book of Revelation, most of what the front half of the podcast is going to be for this summer is movie reviews yeah so coming up in june we're going to be reviewing the mighty ducks trilogy as he smiles very happily and then in july we will kick off our x-men we are going to be doing them i think in release date order that's what i have got down
1: sweet yeah, so we got some really cool stuff coming up, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun summer. We're gonna definitely have some kickback um, times. Um, so please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. You can hit us up at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com if you have comments or um, questions about the episode. Um, and remember that I'm starting another podcast. Uh, wrestling with faith so you can go ahead and follow that um on instagram and twitter as well um i haven't started recording that but that is going to be coming in the next few weeks we're going to start doing um like pilot episodes and put getting those ready so i'm excited for that um yeah feel free to like subscribe to this podcast share this podcast and let's get as many people's you know ears on this podcast as possible Um, If you wouldn't mind praying for us, and we'll close from there.
0: Uh, Just one final note. For this podcast, we're going to be celebrating, is it two years in November? Yeah. So we will have to um, have a special podcast planned for that.
1: Yes, we will. It's coming up.
0: Oh, it's going to be a summer of fun. We're going to be looking all about hockey and superheroes. I mean... (laughs)
1: <laughs> what more could you want?
0: Okay, so now we're going to switch gears into our prayer time here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dear God, we thank you so much for just this journey through the book of John, for learning more about Jesus and who he is and the purpose for his life and death and ministry. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross for us to reconcile us back to you. We thank you for the fact that the church has endured during this time. Um, We know that the pandemic has tested the faith of many people, myself included. But we also know that the name of the Lord is our strong tower and our refuge, and we can be safe there. So we thank you for our listeners here in the United States and all across the globe, as they tune in each week to um, to just be a part of the Beautiful Feet Entertainment community. We thank you for Anthony's creativity. And we pray for his new podcast. The Wrestling with Faith. That that endeavor would do well and be pleasing and honorable to you. We pray for those people who may be listening who are still learning about who Jesus is and that you would be able to, uh, to help guide them to you. We thank you for the many blessings that we have in our lives for the people that we love and we care about. We thank you for the work that it is that you've provided us to do and for the family that we're a part of. We pray especially as we are going into study this book of Revelation, that you would um, that you would provide new insights, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to work and move through this time as we go into the summer, we know that we can put our trust in you, and we know that your Word is something that is inspired and divine, and is good for teaching and for leadership. So we thank you for the Bible and the gift that it is. We continue to pray for the persecuted church and for the places in this world where it's not easy or safe to be a Christian. We pray for the people who are still taking the boldness each and every day to follow out their faith. We pray for the church um, that it would continue to thrive and grow and flourish. And that we as Christians could walk in your light and in your love as we continue on throughout our week this week. We pray for safety and health for all of our listeners. And we just pray that you would keep us connected with one another during this time. We know that the pandemic has brought so much social isolation. But we pray that this podcast could be used as a way for people to remember that they're not alone during this time. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you guys so much. Like we said, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, and share this podcast. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with more of the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com, Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.